It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 910 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, March the 24th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Also, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got tons of great stuff for you from our NBA coverage to our NHL MLB coverage. MLB actually starting up next week, and we have our MLB season preview specials starting today. Day going division by division, and your Toronto Blue Jays are covered on today's edition of our MLB preview specials. So go ahead, give it a listen, and uh, go support uh, AJ Andrews over at Locked On Blue Jays. That's a great podcast covering an awesome team, even though the injuries are out of control for your Blue Jays. Yesterday, a real Toronto sports ass day uh, with the Blue Jays injuries, with the Raptors drama. Uh, back to our, uh, you know, back to what's comfortable, I think, in Toronto sports. Anyway, on today's show, we are going to dive into the Raptors game against the Denver Nuggets tonight, and in particular, the historic broadcast that will be done tonight to put on the game on TSN, an all-women broadcast led by Megan McPeak and Kia Nurse doing play-by-play in color, Uh, Kayla Gray working sidelines, Kate Burness in studio, and also in studio with Kate is today's guest, Amy Audibert, who will be working as the analyst in the studio for this game against the Nuggets tonight. Amy, how's it going? Sean, it's going. So excited. Game day, right? I mean, yeah. I always say it doesn't matter. For me, it's so funny. I guess if you do it, I don't know, sometimes some broadcasters just don't, don't get too pumped up for game days, but I'm pumped up. <laughs> as you should be. Uh, it's been 
I, I know it's been a crazy week for you. You've been doing radio and stuff, um, doing the, the color on the radio, which is awesome. I, I'm sorry that you had to do color for the Houston Rockets game. That sounds like it might have been rather sad, but I'm sure you did it justice. Uh, and I'm just I'm really freaking excited for tonight's broadcast. It's been a really dark time for the Raptors. It's been a slog of a season, and I can't remember looking forward to a Raptors game as much as tonight's. And it's entirely not due to the on-court product. Yes, Nikola Jokic is fun and cool, but it really is all about the broadcast that I can't wait to watch. All of you are amazing, and I, 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 it's just, just such a perfect team. Amy, how did it all come together? I'm kind of curious like to sort of peel back the onion here on how the broadcast came together and just sort of what the process has been here in the last few weeks since it was announced. Yeah, so I mean, from what I understand, because you know, we don't sit in all these meetings, but this was a lot. This was this is the product of a lot of meetings and a lot of conversations. Uh, but John Wiggins, who works with the Toronto Raptors in their diversity and inclusion department, uh, called me first about it. Uh, but I know, you know, TSN and MLSC have also had a lot of sit down meetings. And uh, what's important is this wasn't a, um, oh, let's just have a game to do something special, right? They mm-hmm. understand that this has to be done correct. And they have to put capable women, or at least with, who they believe are the capable women <laughs> in these chairs, because. Uh, we have a game like this is a job. This is a job that we do. Most of us do consistently uh, to some capacity. And uh, so in, in some ways, we're just going to work tonight. Right. Wow. Uh, on the other on the other way. And this is the part that you kind of have to tread carefully on. Everyone's been like so excited. And I've been getting so many wonderful texts and tweets. And I'm kind of put my phone away until after the game tonight. Right. Because that's it. It's a job and it has mm-hmm. to be excellent. And it has to be done well. And as as you know, Sean, this job's tougher when when a team's not playing great uh, or yeah. things aren't going great, right? So, thank goodness, TSN, MLSE, the Toronto Raptors—they're all A one organizations, and uh, we're we're going to be ready to hopefully um, put entertain and en- inform an audience. And, and I do—I I love you, Sean. I disagree with you. I every game, I'm excited to watch the Raptors because I. I look at these faces and I know what, and I'm not just saying that, right? Like we we've watched a lot of these core rotation guys touch the Larry O. We mm-hmm. know what they're capable of. And so I'm excited. And my big thing is, Hey, if they just come out and play tough and play hard, like they did against Utah, you know, last week, one of the top teams in the league goes down to the last possession of the game. What else can you ask for? Absolutely. I am. I'm just, you're right. I shouldn't be such a glum person about watching the (laughs) basketball team play games uh, for a living. I, I, you know, I realized I got it good. I I realized I got it good a couple nights ago when Daniel Dale, the the Toronto star, now CNN reporter, uh, who's just like, my favorite thing is that he's like this very serious reporter. Who's also a freak Raptors fan who will just get in the DMS of all the Raptors people. And it's awesome. Um, And I remember he jumped in my DMS and I'd said something along the lines of, you know, man, it's really tough covering this team and then I realized Daniel Dale the not the right person to uh say anything about the covering a terrible thing every single day so uh yeah I I checked my privilege a little bit there I think uh and like I said you know the the broadcast tonight has got me super energized to watch this game and I'm I'm glad you mentioned John Wiggins there because I I think it's important to 
make sure that this is not just a one-off thing that is just, oh yeah, it's International Women's Month, we're doing it, and then it's just going to be gone forever. And I have a feeling that, and I mean, you probably know from conversations with John Wiggins, like this is not something John Wiggins, as the Director of Diversity and Inclusion with the team, is going to be content with just being a one-off thing. It sounds as though he's really, and I've like watched him have conversations with people, up-and-coming voices in the business, and he seems very hell-bent on changing the complexion of Raptors broadcasts, and I think that's awesome. Do you get the sense that that's sort of also what's behind this? It's not just a one-off thing for, you know, a really fun PR hit and to get you guys, you know, one touch. It's something that's going to be uh, hopefully a little bit more routine in the future? Well, I, I can't speak on future plans, and what I can say is this. Jack and Leo, in my career, have both spent time with me, and I think they're incredible at what they do. So I don't know if it's necessarily about changing um, you know, coming in and taking jobs or anything at all. Sure. It's about just putting us on a platform because we have been doing it, you know, Megan and myself grinding it out in the G League. And it's just this is one one time to, to obviously show what we can do. But then, uh, you know, they've been very adamant about talking about the behind the scenes too, right? This, this all women's broadcast is in front of the camera. It's not quite behind the camera yet. And that's a mm -hmm. goal as well, right? Mm -hmm. Producers, production, they would love to find a day where everyone doing that game is all women. And, and those are steps forward. But also, um, yes, like I'm, I'm not not to to totally take away from your question. Yeah, like having women in positions and play by play in in analysis positions, uh, we don't see that consistently. Canada is a little bit different, right? Because we have one NBA team in the entire country. And that does create a bit of a problem too, right? There's only so many jobs. We don't have mm -hmm. a regional network for every team. And so things are a little bit different there. But uh, I think at the end of the day, also, this is a, a big, big, and, and it sounds like it's a nice gesture and it sounds so dramatic, but it's really the truth, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot. Why We're hoping there's going to be a lot of little girls or young women at home that can can watch tonight and see something right because if mm -hmm. you can see it you can believe it you can believe it for yourself a little bit more and and that's that's a big part of what what tonight's about as well because we have been doing this job right we just haven't been doing it consistently at the association level and mm -hmm. so just an opportunity to showcase and that's kind of been my my mindset Sean is just to you know do a great job tonight and uh, see what happens moving forward yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that you are all going to do an amazing job. And, you know, you're right. Like, there is only one team, and inertia is extremely powerful. This might be the most inert job in the world. Once you get a play-by-play -play job for an NBA team, you're kind of crazy to hand it over to somebody else, right? And so I understand why it's kind of been the same group of people for a long time. And look, there's no bigger fan of Jack Armstrong, Matt Devlin, and the whole crew than me. I love yeah. it, but you know, I would also like some some variation. I think it's uh, it's not too crazy to think that hey, maybe there's just different broadcast teams on different nights of the season. It doesn't have to be the same people every single night. Maybe it frees other people up to do other things as well. I, I think there's you know, it's such a it's one of those jobs that's sort of it, oh, this is the way it's always been done. Well, why not have something different? Why not have three different play-by-play -play voices who kind of sort of cycle in, and you know, five or six color analysts who cycle in? You know, I get the need to have that familiarity, but also it's a long season. There's lots of games. There's there's plenty of touches to go around, and I hope this is the start of something uh, kind of new and, and innovative with the with the Raptors broadcasts. Um, I, I am 
I, I should note on today's podcast, we're going to avoid speaking about what's going on tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of talk there. We're not. We've talked about that for a long time, and to the point that I'm kind of instituting like a swear jar. Except if I reference, and I'll do it now. If I reference the trade deadline. There, I did it. I just did it. That's one. I'm going to donate $10 every time I do that to a, uh, a charity of Amy's choice. So, Amy, uh, I'm putting you on the spot to pick one. You don't have to do it on the air, but let me know. We're at $10 okay. now. The counter has started. Uh, but I do have to ask you, tonight's game could be kind of monumental in that there's a chance it's Kyle Lowry's last game because of the deadline tomorrow. That's two. I owe $20 to you now. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. You don't have to pay me when you mention it. It's fine. Okay. I'm not, I'll just take entrapment. it from here. Yeah, this is an entrapment. But yeah. what's the... Are you sort of... What's the process of preparing for a game where you don't really know, A, if he's going to play, B, if he's like going to be on the team by, by the time the game starts, and C, like it could be the last game of the greatest rafter of all time in Toronto. It's pretty heavy stuff. Did you expect to be dealing with this when the when the announcement first came down? And how are you preparing for it, uh, knowing that it could be kind of a monumental night in Raptors history in kind of a sad way? Yeah, you're right. All that stuff you just said could happen or nothing could happen at all, right? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and so I go back to um, my G League roots because in the G League, this is how you have to basically prepare for every game. You have no idea who's showing up <laughs> until sometimes a couple minutes before the game. Right. So uh, just be prepared for everything. Uh, you know, the, the one thing is when, when you get to call NBA games, you get to work with the most incredible uh, production teams. Right. Mm. So it, it truly is a team effort. If, if you saw me right now, I have papers almost on a 360 degree around me they're everywhere. <laughs> and um so it's kind of just compiling a lot of information. If this happens, what maybe we do? If this happens, what do we do? You know, I'm 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 lucky and happy that those decisions are not on me. We have producers and directors who are <laughs> excellent and kind of lead the show. But I think it's just being prepared, right? I mean, if hypothetically, if something were to happen, I mean, I think I would just tap back to. Obviously, we can talk about stats and we can talk about what who and, and what Kyle Lowry means to the Toronto Raptors. But then, of course, there's Amy, who's been around this organization as a professional and as a fan for a very long time. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll be OK. We'll, we'll figure it out. And this is this is often what live television entails, uh, just being ready to get get on your feet and get moving. So we're going to see it. And, I mean, it's exciting, right? Mm -hmm. It's exciting because you just don't know. That's why we show up and play the games. Absolutely. Um, I want to continue on, Amy, here. I actually want to kind of uh, deviate a little bit from uh, just the, the general Raptors talk and kind of get a little bit more about your career. You've had a pretty cool broadcasting career over the last little while. I want to dive into it um, and sort of pick your brain a little bit on some things. And we'll also talk about tonight's game. We also got to talk about Pascal Siakam because there is some news related to him from yesterday. We think, I don't know, maybe there was a Tyrion Lannister situation going on with Shams. I don't really have a clue. So we'll get to that <laughs> coming up in a little bit. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Michelob Ultra who are bringing you once again the Ultra Player of the Week. And look, it's been a rough week for your Toronto Raptors and... Frankly, the only person I think that can be awarded this nod once again is Kyle Lowry. It might be the last time. Uh, damn it, there's $30 I owe you. Uh, it might be the last time that we 
get to watch Kyle Lowry play for the Raptors. And, you know, it feels like also maybe the last time he's going to get the Ultra Player of the Week, even though maybe he'll just get it in perpetuity wherever he is because he's Kyle freaking Lowry. But either way, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And with Kyle Lowry, enjoyment, joy, happiness, all of those things are very much the game as well. Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Joy creates success, and Kyle Lowry himself also creates a lot of success, as it turns out. And uh, it's sort of a lifetime achievement Ultra Player of the Week this week. This week, Let's just give it to Kyle Lowry once again, perhaps for the last time. And uh, thanks to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the podcast. Today's show is also brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. March Madness has returned and Paramount Plus has the games you won't want to miss. Watch CBS games live on Paramount Plus, including the Final Four and National Championship game on April 5th. Paramount Plus is the home to year-round sports, including the Masters, PGA Championship, UEFA, Champions League, and Europa League, and the NFL, and more. Plus, get breaking news, expert picks, and highlights from all of your favorite teams with CBS Sports HQ, a 24-7 sports network, a network that you'll often see regular guests of the podcast James Herbert on. So if you want some more Jimmy Herbs in your life, Paramount Plus is for you. Visit ParamountPlus.com before March 31st to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. That's ParamountPlus.com to receive a one-month free free trial of Paramount Plus at ParamountPlus.com. All right, Amy, let's continue on here. Uh, I do want to sort of talk a little bit about your broadcasting career because you've had an interesting last few years here as you've kind of got your your foot in the door and sort of built up your resume here. Of course, uh, you and I do a lot of work together with the CEBL. You're the co-host of the CEBL show with me. You did, I, I think... I grew a new appreciation of what sideline reporting is last year when you were the sideline reporter for the CEBL summer series and had like an essay of notes on every single player in the series. And it was just like, it was like masterful preparation and you did an amazing job throughout that entire thing. I loved working with you. Uh, of course, you've done work doing play by, or color for the Atlanta dream as well. The WNBA you're doing Raptors 905 stuff. Um, you know, for you, I'm just kind of curious about, I know like it's a very difficult business to have like a straight career arc in. It's, you know, it's kind of all over the place. You just kind of take what you can get when you get it. But, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, in terms of the progress and the and the steps that have gone, like, have you had any sort of particular sort of flashball moments where you were like, oh, yeah, okay, this this is, I'm very good at this and this is my thing. Like, have you had, be be uh, immodest for a second here, Amy. You're a very modest person all the time. You're always kind of playing it down. You know, gloat a little bit. Have you had any sort of moments where you're like, oh, yeah, no, this is the thing I'm very good at and I should be doing this uh, for lots of people to see? You know what? That's, <laughs> you know how I'm going to answer that, Sean. And it's serious because I, <laughs> I think I'm the type of person where I'm just, I'm so like self-competitive where I know I can always kind of push and do a little bit better. Um, I would say that I thought we had a great Raptors 905 season mm-hmm. and it was such a, a, it was such a challenge, you know, 17 games in 28 days, but again, a, a fantastic team. And I felt good. And, and I also think, I think it went, I think I felt so good about it because the team was so good, you know, like <laughs> that always, that, that always makes our jobs. We always can sound a little bit better when we're, we're talking about how good we are. Um, and that was a great, a great moment for me, but you know, I think you just spend so much time. I don't want to say stressing, but thinking about what's next um, that even if you do a really, you know, you have to like, you, you get the next job because you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like I, I have, obviously I still have dreams and goals and a long way to go. So I, I, <laughs> 
I hope I'm doing a good job. I think I'm doing a good job because I mean, I wake up this morning and I'm getting to call an NBA basketball game, you know, so, um, <laughs> which has been a huge dream and a, and a goal for many people. So, um, as far as an aha moment, I don't, I don't have a specific moment. Um, I'd say I have games where I leave and I'm like, yeah, that sounded good. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I know that, but then you have games where you're like, oh, I was in my head a little, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. This Houston a couple of days ago, I'm like, this is tough. Like, I, I don't feel like I was hitting it right, but I don't for Utah. I was so, mm-hmm. um, it's just, you know, just making sure you're prepared. You said that that's the biggest thing for me. I have always kind of just like, that's been my thing is I show up prepared because if things don't go great, I don't want it to be on me because I was not ready. You know, totally. so I can take care of being prepared and being ready. Amy can do that. So that's kind of always been a big philosophy of mine. Do you have a favorite uh, like role on a broadcast to have? I'm not trying to make you choose choose among your babies or anything like that, especially at a night <laughs> where you're doing the studio job. But like you got the studio yeah. job, you've got the radio color, you've got TV color, you've got sideline. Do you have yeah. a thing where you like really sort of feel like you're in your element the most among those things? Yeah, I love I, I love sitting in the TV TV color analyst um, yeah. job. That's that's where I think I really do thrive. At the same time, I mean, I did call my first NBA radio game less than a week ago, and tonight I'm taking on a new challenge in the studio. So I'm not like again as like a self competitor, and you know, you you kind of live for challenges. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for them. I also think it's important to be able to in this industry have a certain level of diversity in skill sets, mm-hmm. right? Um, apply for different jobs. That's why when I got into this, they said, I don't just want, well, I thought I only wanted to do sidelines because I didn't think women could call games consistently at the NBA level. Mm. Um, I wanted to be an NBA sideline reporter and that's kind of where I put all my eggs in that basket. But when I started getting analyst gigs in the NCAA, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then when you start working with really good people that start teaching you the timing and the elements and the skill sets and getting in talk back and, you know, asking for re-racks on clips, then you start going like, this is so cool. There's so much to it. And just, you know, walking into the gym and talking hoops, it's an entire package. And I think that that's where I've, I've really kind of gained momentum in my career, mm-hmm. but who's not to say, you know, we'll see how studio goes tonight. You know, we'll see what the feedback on the radio is. Listen, I'm, I, I've made it very clear. My goal is uh, I want to call 82 on a regular pre-COVID, post-COVID. I want to call 82 <laughs> regular season games a year, and I'm not going to pick and choose in, in which role that's going to be in. I want to get there. Yeah, totally. That's uh, having the diverse skill set. I got to say, not something that I have. Uh, I mostly am just a dude who garbles into a microphone, which is why I garble into a microphone. Uh, uh, I like. I loved. I loved when we worked together. Are you kidding me? It was. I enjoyed our broadcast, Sean. I really. Oh, those did. were the easiest broadcasts in the world because you kicked yeah. ass on the sidelines. Oh, no. Javon is just there, like uh, a wonderful wealth of knowledge as a former player who knows all the guys on the court and is like yeah. bantering with them on the court as things are going on. And I'm just sitting there just like, okay, I'll just uh, make sure I don't drive this truck off the road. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is a pretty, pretty plum gig, I got to say. Amy, let's uh, let's turn our attention to the game against the Nuggets tonight and just sort of the current state of the Toronto Raptors. We're going to talk about Pascal Siakam and the blow up with Nick Nurse that maybe did or didn't happen. We'll get to that in a second. I kind of want to get your perspective as a former uh, player who's been in huddles and has had coaches and uh, just sort of on the 
the general sort of tenor and vibes with the team uh, related, related to the Siakam thing. I want to talk to you about that. And then we can look ahead to the game as well, which uh, features Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and the coolest team in the world in the Denver Nuggets. So we'll get to that in a sec. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Be- uh, Built Bar who are making the greatest tasting protein bar in the world. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're amazing tasting covered in 100% chocolate. And they're mixing it up now. You get the, the dark chocolate. You get the white chocolate. They're going all over the place. They're just expanding their flavor profile and it's wonderful and they have so many flavors in fact that they've put all their flavors into the built bar madness bracket that you can vote on right now at builtbar.com just go to the website today's matchup is cookies and cream against coconut almond uh, i'm taking cookies and cream in that matchup 100 times out of 100 it's really really good and you can go vote over at builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on twitter and while you're over at the website uh, remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order of built bars that's locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the land Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but you've got March Madness going on on the men's and women's sides. You've got the uh, NBA, of course, every single night. You can bet against the Raptors to win if you want. Make some money off this misery, baby. You've got the NHL, MLB, so much more. You could even bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to Bet online.ag and use your mobile or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on all one word that's betonline.ag promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus bet online your online sportsbook experts all right amy uh just a heads up tomorrow's podcast will be diving into the nuggets game and reacting to any news that may be floating out there about the thing that I'm not allowed to talk about on Thursday with uh, Katie Heindel, and that'll be a lot of fun. We also got a locker room coming up on Friday. We're going to talk about the thing that we're not allowed to talk about on Friday as well. Uh, But, Amy, let's dive into the thing we are allowed to talk about, tonight's game against the uh, Denver Nuggets. I guess the thing to really keep in mind, uh, or that's on top of mind for people going into this one, is not at all a basketball-related thing, and it's Pascal Siakam, who... It seems as though the reporting suggests there was some sort of kerfuffle between Pascal Siakam and Nick Nurse. There was a report from Sean Strania that there was a $50,000 fine handed to Siakam as a result. It sounds like that's not actually true. Jennifer Quinn, the PR head of the Raptors, said that's not true. Michael Grange reported there has not been a fine. does sound like there was something between Siakam and Nurse, but perhaps they buried the hatchet like grown-ass men do. Um, Amy, this news broke at like the worst possible time yesterday as uh, everyone was losing their minds over the thing we're not allowed to talk about that's going on tomorrow and you know I I just think it kind of added to a pretty low vibes day having just lost to the Rockets ending the Rockets losing streak of 20 games and the nine game losing streak extending and all that I'm curious for you Amy like this is now the second time there's been some sort of Siakam nurse thing or Siakam discipline thing he got benched for a game earlier this year against the Knicks after walking off the court after getting uh, ejected I believe against the Sixers if I'm not mistaken like the second week of the season Um, as a player I'm sure you've probably seen things between coaches and and players right like there's going to be disagreements at time it's going to happen you played at a very high level for Miami like there's there's going to be some disagreement here and there 
I don't really have an issue with it, honestly. I'm sure Pascal probably could have handled it better or whatever. Or we don't even know what happened. But, like, I, I don't know. People will take these things and get a little spirally and, you know, start to jump to conclusions and get sad and all that stuff. But for you, when things are going wrong, to me it seems like if a player's not kind of mad after getting benched in a, you know, a loss on Sunday against the Cavs where they fall the, like their eighth straight, then like, I, I, I would feel a little bit weird if Pascal Siakam wasn't pissed off about that. Do you have any sort of feelings on like player coach you know, back and forth and things like that as a player yourself? Like, is this something that alarms you as someone who follows and covers the team? Uh, or do you think it's sort of just like the price of doing business when you are a professional athlete and things are quite heated and you've lost nine games in a row? Yeah, so so first I would say I really appreciate the Toronto Raptors protecting the locker room, right? It's the most sacred place on a team and, and mm-hmm. they're doing, I you know, they want to shut down reports that they're not, confirming you know what I mean so I think that I appreciate that and the locker room is sacred and you know as someone who works in media you, you pick and choose when, when you're allowed to speak about those things um so you know you know <laughs> you're you're okay with the team um what I would say this and you and I kind of agree with you Sean like if those are the reports whatever happened um to some extent it, it's not alarming what would be alarming is if the report was oh the guys are hanging out having a great time holding hands and singing Kumbaya. It's like they're on a nine game losing streak at the end of the day, they're professional athletes, they're athletes, they're competitors. And yeah, there, there's a very high level of frustration. And don't forget like Pascal's coming out of this health and safety protocol where he was stuck in a room for two weeks and all of a sudden, you know, he's out there playing again. And, and so I think there's going to be um, not only a physical just inconsistency but mentally it's tough right mm-hmm. to snap back into it and into the middle of th- this losing streak so kind of I, I totally agree with you I'm not I don't sit here and say this is crazy everything's falling apart I mean this is kind of you know you know the one thing that cures all problems in sports <laughs> is winning yep it's winning <laughs> right so um and, and I mean the one thing I, I did hear I think it was is Lewin Josh Lewinberg I think he said you know like from what he's been told and is that everyone's okay so you know i can't sit here and speculate i don't know um exactly what what's happened but am i uh, am i surprised that there's a frustration absolutely not yeah again it'd be kind of alarming if there weren't some like you know ruffled feathers within the team considering what's going on it's yeah i think had it had that report come at any other time than this week, I feel like maybe yeah. it falls a little bit more on deaf ears, but because of just like the ratcheted up anxiety and sadness and despair, it kind of uh, it hit home like a, a good old, you know, clown show Toronto sports story used to in the past. Uh, although I really don't think it's on that level, even just even remotely. I think things are just fine. Pascal's a pro. Nick Nurse is a pro. We've, yeah, we've got more important things to talk about, right? Like yeah. defense. <laughs> yes, defense is one. Uh, there are some other things before we get into the matchup and nitty gritty of this game tonight, Amy. Uh, did you ever uh, yell at a coach? Did you ever cuss out a coach? You're like the nicest person I've ever met. I can't imagine you really were that like uh, aggressive with your coaches. But uh, do you have at least one little nugget for me? Oh yeah, when my dad coached me, we used to go <laughs> at it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I certainly had my moments of frustration, definitely, especially, I think, you know, when you get to this level, it's your life, even, you know, you look at a student athlete and in college basketball, it's their lives, it's their livelihood. So when things are going well, 
uh, yeah, there's some heated and uncomfortable conversations. But at the same time, I think if you come at all of those with a, uh, a point of respect, because, you know, Debbie Antonelli, who's one of the best uh, college basketball analysts on the men's or women's side, she's calling the men's tournament right now, actually. Um, I love her. I listen to her every time we get a chance to. Uh, but she she made a great point um, during one of these coaching clinics when COVID first started and everyone was on Zooms and coaching clinics. And she said, you know, when when you when you complain about your your playing time or any of these things, you you have to think, what does a coach want to do when they wake up every day? They want to win a game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's coming from a place of we want to win this ball game. Whatever the decision was made and why it was made, it was because the bench boss and company felt that they had something out there that was going to win the game or that they had the best shot of winning the game. And it's fair to have that conversation as to why not me, but I think, you know, especially in the, the NBA, you have another game the next day or two days later and you get back on the horse. I thought Pascal actually came out pretty good against Houston, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of funny because that's the first thing I thought of when this report came out yesterday it was like, wow, he came out um, and, you know, for the most part did a great job attacking in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that was part of it, right? A little chip on your shoulder. Uh, this, this is all part of, of athletics. This is part of sports. And yes, I mean, I've definitely, I have, I have, I been fined 50 grand for yelling at a coach reportedly. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever reported it? No, no, I've never <laughs> been there, but you know, I've never played NBA basketball. So yeah, I, I, let's talk about the game tonight, Amy. Uh, by the way, you made a good point. I didn't even really put that together that the thing happened on Sunday and Pascal was one of the three players who showed up against Houston. So uh, you know, bygones seem to be bygones already, which is nice. Um, in terms of tonight's game, the Denver Nuggets are quite good. Nikola Jokic, probably the leader in the MVP can- uh, candidacy right now with Embiid and LeBron getting hurt. And honestly, Jokic was my guy before those guys got hurt anyway, because Jokic, I'm always going to be partial. He's the coolest player in the world. I love watching him, and I think he should be the MVP every year for the next 10 years. I don't care. He rocks. Um in terms of he's amazing i mean even the way he like defensively he's number three overall in the league in steals he's number three overall in assists total like you think of it and this guy's what like seven footer huge (laughs) and he's and he's got point guard numbers in terms of what he does with with his hands (laughs) it's pretty funny so from you're obviously scouting this game ahead of time and sort of coming up (laughs) with your storylines and your keys to the game and all that stuff um you know I'm curious how you think the Raptors should approach guarding the Denver Nuggets this tonight. You know, they kind of have two schools of thought. They have started small against big teams, and it's actually kind of been okay. They saw it work against the Sixers, obviously. I think back to last year, one of the final games before uh, the shutdown against Denver, when OG played a lot of center. The Raptors were without Ibaka and Gasol, and OG played a ton of center against Jokic and was, like, really damn good. He had, like, seven steals in that game. He had 32 in that game, if I recall, as well. And so maybe that's the way to go. Or is this, like, a heavy Aaron Baines game, much like we saw against the Sixers, where it's just like, all right, throw the dude who's large in the way of the other large person and hope that he can kind of stop him a little bit. Um, you know, Baines hasn't exactly inspired confidence with his play in the last little while here. Uh, OG's obviously still working his way back. He missed the last game for the conditioning and all that. Um, what do you think is the best way to go about trying to stop Jokic? It's basically an impossible thing to do, but if the Raptors are going to do it, what do you think should be their approach? 
Yeah, I think it's got to be a combination of both. Um, sometimes when you have such a massive body, who's great getting them out of rhythm, right? Or not letting them find rhythm mm. is often the key. So we've seen the Raptors get into kind of more of a swarm down defense because they are often undersized, which works really well for them. Where I think they've been getting into a little bit of trouble, though, is they haven't been able to recover out to the three. Cleveland and Houston are both the two worst three-point shooting teams in the <laughs> NBA, and yet they really lit it up against them. And partly because our rotations were a little late, we saw a little bit, you know, that community defense inside the paint, which is important, especially against the Jokic. But at the same time, I agree. I think when you have an Aaron Baines, who's a bigger body, who's a solid guy out there, and listen, I, I still really like what Aaron Baines brings to this lineup gives them that option and by the way six fouls like use a couple get a little bit physical mm -hmm. and uh and so i think you're gonna see a, a little bit of everything but i i, I hope og is it's listed i hope he plays because um i think that you know what you said he he's he's a tremendous defender on that end and he brings the energy that this team really really needs on that and that side of the ball yeah, you mentioned the Cavs and the Rockets kind of bombing away threes. It seems like every team is doing that to the Raptors this year as their uh, crazy hedge and fly around and be maniacs defense is maybe getting a little bit exposed when they don't have a team entirely of maniac defenders and guys who are maybe a little bit lesser on that end. Um, but I think in particular, they're going to have to rein it in against Denver because... If you send two to Mer uh, Jokic the way that you do for most stars as the Raptors, like you're going to die. He's going to find cutters with his little dumb little big to big passes. He's going to kick it out to th for three points for, for, to the three point shooters. Like the thing is, I guess, is that the Nuggets don't have exactly like a killer cast of amazing three point shooters. So maybe you just play the the gambling game even more so there and just force him to pass every time. But that seems like a way to get burned by Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to me. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough matchup. I'm not exactly expecting a win for the Raptors, but I will enjoy watching Jokic play regardless. And hey, this season makes no sense. Maybe there's like an inspiring performance left in the Raptors and maybe the swan song for Kyle Lowry before tomorrow. I owe you 10 more dollars. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, maybe there is some sort of uh, inspiring, you know, last gasp of this Raptors era uh, to be had in store tonight, which I wouldn't put by them because uh, nothing makes sense this season. And you could follow up a loss to the Rockets with a winner against Denver. And I would say, yep, that pretty much makes sense. Uh, Amy, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me on what is, I'm sure, a very, very busy day for you. Uh, you're the best. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter and stuff? And where can people check out some of the stuff you got coming up? Oh, well, first, I'll just say quick, thanks for having me. I love to chat with you. It's always it's always a pleasure. And can't You'll wait get sick of it sooner days, or later. Don't worry. Not true. Not true. <laughs> not true. But uh, after this one, I think I have one more interview and then I'm not talking to anybody until I get to the studio. I've taken a work break. <laughs> um, yeah, my Twitter's my name at Amy Otterberg. Uh, not going to lie. I'm not the biggest uh, Twitter person. So which that's good is for you. Also that's a like, smart move. <laughs> You know what? What's, no, I don't know about that, but I need to tell you something. I know I've been getting so many lovely messages and tweets on Twitter, and I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not looking anymore. I have a job, <laughs> I have a big job to do tonight, and so I just, uh, yeah, Twitter's the thing. I'm on Instagram as well, but right now I'm not on anything. I'm just, um, I'm just really laser focused on putting on a great show tonight. 
can't wait to watch it. Uh, I have no doubt that all of you are going to do amazing work. I've worked, I believe, with everyone on the broadcast in some capacity and some time in my uh, time in sports media. And all of you uh, kick all of the ass in the world. And I just I can't wait to see you all together doing the broadcast. It's uh, really going to be, I think, a highlight of the season, a season that has not had a lot of highlights. This could very well be the highlight, I think from this year and i can't wait to see it and hopefully we see it a little bit more a lot more going forward uh that's gonna do it for today's episode huge thank you to amy for coming on the podcast of course uh we'll be back again like i said tomorrow katie heindel is gonna come on we're gonna talk about the nuggets game tonight and whatever else is going on in the world the stuff we're not allowed to talk about i'll be able to talk about it again tomorrow that's fine um but uh yeah it's uh that'll do it we'll be back again thursday please subscribe to rate review support all that good stuff and we'll talk to you again after the nuggets game with another episode of locked on raptors Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.